Hey everyone, and welcome to the Nettie's Corner podcast, a podcast about all things mental health and mental wellness. And for today's episode, I sit down with my friend, Urellis Tifa. She's a fellow entrepreneur, activist, and Dominican woman living in New Jersey. She is also the founder and CEO of Cash's Queen. Now, Cash's Queen is her new baby. She sits down with black and brown people to help them develop their financial goals, get out of debt, and hopefully get on the road to becoming millionaires. She shares her very candid story with us. I hope you guys enjoy the episode. As always, rate, review, and subscribe. Hope you enjoy it. Hi, Urellis. Thank you so much for being on the Nettie's Corner podcast. I'm honestly so grateful that we get to sit down. Um, It is such a beautiful thing when I get to tap into, not so much tap into to my friends, but being able to bring old friends on this podcast like seeing like I've known you since my quinceanera girl like you were a drama okay oh my god we've known each other for close to two decades that's wild two decades that is crazy and for y'all who don't know Eurellis I would have never thought that the Eurellis that I knew in middle school would be Cassius Queen so (laughs) (laughs) oh Oh my god Oh, I'm so, I'm so proud of you too. You've done so many amazing things, and I'm just oh like in God, awe when you. I see people that like like that I grew up with mm-hmm. that are making shit happen and really doing it for the people in the community. That is that literally warms my heart, and like it helps me like become more like I want to do more too. You know, like right. I don't just want to stay stagnant. And thank you for that inspiration. So. So excited to be oh here. God. Yes, I'm so happy. And I'm glad you brought up the community because I've been doing, I've been podcasting maybe for about three years now. I've had two different podcasts and the conversation people are never tired of listening to is money. Like mm. I've had like people, like we're still, we're still struggling. Like I have an episode on generational wealth. I had an episode on investing. I had an episode on savings. Like I've had so many episodes on financial literacy and and we're still in this mindset that we're poor we're gonna stay poor right and I personally went through something recently probably not 2020 but in the last like fiscal year where being broke and not having money impacted my mental health to the point that I was gaining weight and it was impacting my relationship so that's crazy I'm in a better place now, but when we, when you and I connected, I was like, I definitely have to have Eurellis on here because I feel like we need, we need to address that. So yeah. I'm going to start off by hearing your story, Eurellis. Like, where, what do you do now? Tell me a little mm-hmm. bit about your journey. Okay, so let's start from the beginning. Um, I am the daughter of immigrant parents, my first generation. Hey. My parents came here from the Dominican Republic. Um, and yeah, um, when you come here from a different country to America, chasing the quote unquote American dream, Mm -hmm. um, you are following this like fallacy. You don't really know what it is, what Mm -hmm. the American dream is. So when you don't have guidance, you don't have mentorship, you don't have people helping you to create wealth, you you fall right into poverty. And, you know, and that's what happened to us. We grew up on government assistance, um, everything you can think of, welfare, Section 8. And, you know, and I remember growing up, um, I, I was originally, I'm originally from New York, so I grew up in 
part of um, of my story is, you know, I used to live in the Bronx. Um, so I remember like literally living in a rat infested apartment, wow. um, you know, like towards the end of the month, like I remember my mom making um, like rice and fried eggs for like a week mm. straight, you know, things like that. So that really like looking back, I'm like, wow. So that's why we were, we were living here. That's why we're eating this. Mm-hmm. Um, because we, she was just trying to make en- ends meet. Um, and did you ever question like, why do I live like this? Did you ever question that? Or did you think that that was just normal? I thought that was normal, you know, because first of all, like you're a kid, what, what, what do you know? You know what right. I'm saying? Like looking back, obviously I'm like, okay, this, this was serious, but you know, um, I, you just don't know you, you're ignorant to it. And you're just like, you know, we're just going to eat white rice today. That's, right, what, right. that's what's going to happen and ketchup. So, you know, and, and it was tough to see my mom struggle like that. And for me, like in my family dynamic, my mom was like the driving force. Mm. Um, and I remember her working three jobs to make ends meet, even like my dad used to live with us and stuff um but for some reason things just didn't add, money didn't add up and we would always I always I would always hear them arguing about money I don't remember a, a topic of discussion or um or an argument that didn't involve money mm. so that and that really like that, that that really made me think like why why is money driving like the conversations and not money like oh let's invest here let's let's talk about the stock market who the hell talked about the stock market as a kid like in in our family nobody you know what I'm saying it's not it wasn't about that it was the lack of you know and the fact that we were struggling so hard um but one thing I will say is that you know we always had a roof over our heads thank god Mm -hmm. um we always had at least even if it was it was white rice we always had food to eat um and, you know, and for that, I'm grateful for, for, for that opportunity to be able, because a lot of people did end up homeless and whatever. And then, you know, from there, we ended up moving to Connecticut. Um, that's where my family, my mom's side of the family was migrating to. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and we, we lived a better life there. But the conversations around the lack of money always resurfaced, mm-hmm. no matter what. You know, even if we try to um try to you know get better change our our situation change our environment it was always something that was a topic of discussion and I was just at a point where like I would just ask myself like why what can I do like I felt a burden Mm. and I felt um I felt you know like it was my responsibility to fix it even though it wasn't my fault Um, so I would, you know, and I was the oldest in the household too. I have a half sister, but she didn't, she didn't grow up with us. Um, so I really felt that responsibility. Like, first of all, I have to, I have to figure this out to fix it, to get out of this rut. And second of all, I have to, I have to set an example to my siblings and, you know, the, you know, my, my cousins, my little cousins and everybody else in the family. Um, so that was always like, like ingrained in me at a young age. I'm like, there has to be something I have to do to get out of this money situation and this, this lack of money mentality, poverty mentality, mentality. Um, and yeah, and that's why I turned into, I get into college, figure every, everything that involves going into college, like, you know, you know, that was, 
that you was probably had to navigate on your own because your parents probably didn't know how to do like the fast fun, how to find none of that. Bye. Hello, my mom. Hello. Yeah, so that's something that we have to like. That's a challenge within itself that a lot of people in America don't have to deal with. No, um, they're just like, oh yeah, you know, we'll we'll pay for this, we'll do this. You don't gotta worry about that. And they they have it set up for them, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know that's our story, and that's that's the story that you know that nobody could take away from us. Um, right, but right. and that's why it's so powerful, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean. I, I worked my ass off to be able to, to get into UConn. Um, and when I got in there, I got really good at um, mastering certain skills that got me. You want me to keep going? No, no, no. Keep going because I think that you are giving us uh, the perfect blueprint to what a typical immigrant first generation uh, daughter has to go through, right? So you're parentified, uh, which is a term, you know, that a lot of social workers use, which is you have the responsibility in the home, take care of probably the other siblings because you're the oldest right. of three, um, make the money because even though you had a brother, you were the oldest. So you were probably the second in command in the house, you know, then you also grow up with Dominican parents who don't know the U.S. citizen, uh, not U.S. citizen, U.S. like system. And right didn't help you navigate college. So you had to find those resources on your own. Yep. So you yep. found yourself in circles where you were able to network. How was how that? Because that is very serendipitous um, for you to have done that in college. Yeah, so that that is really when my, started, my story started to, to, to kind of unravel, if you mm-hmm. will. Or, you know, I started to really elevate within my spaces. So, you know, it started with like me just volunteering for different organizations in, in, in college and stuff like that. Um, you know, you're trying to like see what your space is in college, trying to figure yourself out, learn about yourself. So I would get into everything. I would start like, and every, some, every year I would I would do a certain activity or I would start a different organization. So one year I was a, um, the executive board member. I was a treasurer for the West Indian organization. Mm. So I did that one year and then I switched over to the Puerto Rican and Latin, um, African-American, um, like clubs. So I did that. Um, I did like the welcome center for like, the, you know, freshmen that were coming in. I mentored kids when I was a sophomore and junior, I mentored kids that were coming in as, as freshmen that were part of this program called the SSS program, which mm-hmm. that's actually what got me into UConn. Um, oh yeah, the summer, actually, the summer program. Yes, for mm-hmm. me to get into, cause that's what they did with a group of like first generation students, which I thought was very interesting. Um, yeah. They're like, yeah, you, we're going to accept you, but you, you got to come. You right. Know, you need a little extra more attention. Right. Yeah, you need, you need some TLC. I'm like, okay, like am I like does that mean I'm special like what's oh my god I remember yeah 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 yeah. I totally remember that Mm -hmm. yeah so so I started there so I created relationships and connections from there and then that led me to you know all the other activities that I did and then my first year in uh, as a freshman that summer I got into inroads which is love inroads yes did you do it too no, no, but I heard friends who had done it. Yeah, but it's a great okay, program. Yeah. 
So that that really gave me like the confidence, like started to give me the confidence because mm-hmm. I wasn't there yet. You know what I'm saying? Like I really had to le- unlearn a lot of stuff, unlearn, relearn, rebuild um, a lot of the notions and the things that were taught to me. So, and that's another thing like that I realized that if you, if you have been living a certain lifestyle for 25, 30 years, mm-hmm. you're not going to be able to, to unlearn and relearn in five days you know what I'm saying or like you know in a month because I feel like people are like okay I want to see results now like popcorn results but then they're not ready to do the work it takes work to be able to do really unlearn and relearn everything and and really look into your deep into yourself and figure out what do I have to change um what what are the things that I'm not going to listen to um when it comes to like when I'm when I'm talking to my family what are the things that I'm not gonna that I'm not gonna take advice from for my mom mm-hmm. you know because she is great she wants the best for me but right. she's not in life where I want to be so you you really have to make the distinction like I'm mom thank you for that information but <laughs> we're gonna leave that right there we're gonna table it because sorry you don't got the bank account I want honey so what was what were one of the first things that you had to unlearn as a college student who was maybe focused on money or focusing on bettering herself? What was the first thing you kind of had to unlearn that you realized like, oh no, I don't want to do that anymore? Um, I, I was always entrepreneurial minded mm-hmm. and had that spirit. So although like, I was like, oh my God, this is going to be great. I'm going to be you know, in corporate America. And I was excited about, you know, starting to work to have like my own cubicle and my own space. And like, you know, when people put up pictures of their family around their cubicle, I thought that was so cool. Right, right. (laughs) Yeah, you know, and I was like, "Ah, I can't wait to have my own cubicle. Like that was my thing. And then, you know, when I got there, I was like, shit. (laughs) (laughs) You didn't like it when you got there? Nah, girl, like after, wow. so, so through inroads, I ended up getting, you know, I, I got internships, really good internships. And I got a job a, a, an entire year before I graduated. So, I remember, didn't you work for, for Otis? Otis? Yes. yes. I remember yeah. every time I got in the elevator, I'm like, oh my God, Corella works for them. <laughs> yes. yes. So, you know, so I got that, that amazing opportunity that not a lot of people got. So I was so grateful um, mm-hmm. that I didn't have to like go to interviews at that time after graduation. A lot of my friends were like freaking out because they didn't have jobs. So, you know, and I was just like, I'm good. Like I'm Gucci. I don't got to even do work right now. You know, I couldn't just right, party right. all day. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, but you know, I got that position. I started work June of 2011. So I only took off one month and, um, the first, you know, has always like the honeymoon stage. Right. So excited to meet your coworkers and your boss. And then after like maybe three months, maybe at the, by the end of the summer, I was like, yo, people do this for 50 years. No freaking way. Wow. No, like I, this is wild to me. Which part was wild to you? It's just everything about it. You know, people mm. that were su- financially successful that I looked up to were going through like divorces. They mm. were unhappy with their family, with their marriages. Um, you know, they 
their life wasn't what it, what it cracked up to be, honestly. Like, I was like, okay, if I'm going to follow somebody, I'm, I'm going to see all their areas, uh, areas in all their life, not right. just financially. Like, I want to know how you are with your husband. How are you with your kids? You know, do you give back to the community? Like, what, how is, how are you holistically, not just in, in business or mm-hmm. at work? You know what I'm saying? So I just didn't, it didn't sit right with me. The fact that like people that were that financially successful had so much going, so much wrong going for them, you know, like they were, yeah, they had, they were just like unhappy. Yeah. And, you know, and I said, okay, I'm a common sense kind of girl. So if I follow what you're teaching me how what to do in corporate America, and you've been working for 25, 30 years, and that's your life which is not bad. Like I'm not putting people down. Like people that have professions are amazing and they, and yeah, they they have a beautiful life. Right. And I don't want to put anybody down, you know, and, 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 and they, you know, they, they, they were good with their life and everything. But to me, if I'm following what you are telling me to do in, in 25, 30 years, that means that I'm basically going to be living this, a similar life to what you're living. A similar life. Right. Right. So, and for me, that wasn't acceptable. Honestly, mm-hmm. that just, that's acceptable for other people, which is great. That's amazing that you, you know, you find your path and, and you're happy where you are and you don't want anything more. That's awesome for you. But for me, that wasn't acceptable. Mm-hmm. And, it felt almost like no passion in the work. Like you just didn't want to be stuck there. Like right. I wanted to have choices to be able to do stuff like build a home in Dominican Republic for a month, you know, yes, go, yes, yes, yes. Go to Haiti and like, you know, help. I don't know, build a, a school. Yeah, um, and yes, that takes yes. time and money. Like that's, but what, I get PT. What two weeks of PTO and that's it. That you yes. know what I'm saying? Like that takes time. And yeah, it takes time to accumulate. And it's so funny because when you and our generation, I think we're Generation X, right? Um, mm, Z millennials. I believe millennials. Yeah, we're millennials. We're and, um, I think we're going to change the world. Right, we're not going to change the world. It's very similar to millionaire. Yes. Yeah. But one of the things that older people who um have one of the biggest complaints older people have about us is that we have like low job satisfaction and that we always want more, want more, want more, want more, and we don't work hard enough. And so when you were talking about being corporate America, this stage in your life when you're not seeing the flexibility that you want that that resonates with all that resonates with all of us but that's the right. biggest complaint and misconception that we don't want to work hard it's not that we don't want to work hard we want to be able to do work that we feel passionate about have the flexibility to live the life that we want we want like flexibility it sounds like right. is what a lot of us complain about so you learned right. at an early age like this is I not flexible like- no, I was like 22. I was like, this is freaking unacceptable. Like, who oh my freaking, God. oh my God. No, like, I need options here. Come on. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, the, you, what you said was right. Like, we, uh, it's not that we don't, we're not hard workers. We work right. freaking hard, yo. Like, we work so hard. But we work hard for the things that we love and we're passionate about. And, and mm-hmm. that fulfill us and, and fulfill our desires and our soul. Um, and that, and that's worthwhile work, right? You know, so that that's when we work hard. So exactly. that's why people say we don't because we're doing something we don't want to do. 
<laughs> but think about it though we are living in a time that is going to go down in history like yes. we were born in the best time like we were able to be kids when we wanted to and we were able to really enjoy social media and the glow up like you could literally make a million dollars dancing for 30 seconds on on tiktok you could yeah. your whole job could just be um doing reviews of makeup like the world is so different so the argument about like we don't work hard that's not true because look at all of the things that have popped up for people who are between that millennial gen z gen x uh, whatever you want to call us kind of bracket right. no right no. it's not that at all so not, not at all those stats so how long did you stay at Otis then, knowing all of that as a 22-year-old? Girl, it was a journey. I stayed there for another five years. And it's crazy because around that time, mm -hmm. um, I so a year after I started working for them, which was now 2012, mm -hmm. uh, they actually gave me a position to come back to my hometown. New York City. Oh, and that's oh, how I ended up wow. back. Yes, that's that's what brought you to New York? Yes. That's and crazy. you know what's so crazy, yo? That it wasn't the position that I wanted. I was so mad. Mm. And you know, and, and I spoke to a couple people that, you know, that I respected in the in the company and that were kind of like my mentors. And they're like, you know what? Like it's New York City. Like it's so there's so many opportunities. You know, this is this is a, a, an opportunity and a chance for you to to grow into the woman that you're meant to be. And they, they sold me a dream. And I mean, it was great. Like, mm -hmm. I, I don't regret that, that decision at all. But at the time I was pissed. I was like, mm -hmm. no, I'm worth so much more than this. Because of course, they're not going to give you the position that you want, you know, right. or you, or you know, for a fact that you you're worth more, right. Mm -hmm. That you should get paid more than what they, they said in, on, on the paperwork, but he, so you were always, you know not what? always, I don't want to say chasing the money, but you, from a very early age, knew your worth. Like you knew, like there's a dollar sign that I want to make and y'all are not doing it for me. Right. And the thing is about me though, like 21 year old Jarellis was, she knew her worth, but she had a low self image and a low mm -hmm. self esteem. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's, a, that's different, two dichotomies, you know, like, you know, your worth, but then you have a low self-image how how do you how do you ha know your worth then because mm -hmm. you don't really know who you are like I don't know like you were just I was just trying to figure things out and you know and I I believed in myself but I didn't so it was like mm -hmm. back and forth you know and that showed in like my work that showed in how much money I got and you know and mm -hmm. when I got here I I kind of fell into depression not gonna lie I fell wow. into depression when I when York I is a tough city even yes. if you grew up there wow not, yeah, yeah not, not everybody's cut out nope <laughs> nope it it was it was lonely like I have family here but obviously like my mom you know I was this was my first apartment as an adult mm -hmm. in the most expensive city in the world arguably and and I was living paycheck to paycheck. Wow. And I was living in a basement apartment. And it was, yeah, it was it was a great experience, but I did, you know, fall into depression and I was I would come home and like honestly smoke and drink. And during wow. the weekends I would drink my life away. Legit. I mm -hmm. would go party. I mean, I was in New York, 
I was a young adult. Right, of course, of course. Like, and, and you I were was- doing what you, kind of knew, what you knew was a way for you to cope. You're like, I'm having yeah. fun, I'm young, but that was your way of coping with whatever else you were going through. Cause you- Right, deep down inside, it was because I was, I was, I was empty. I didn't know my worth. I didn't know my purpose. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, and I, I got a, a wake up call in mm-hmm. 2013. And I was like, okay, I need to, I need to fix this. Like, no, this, this can't, this can't continue because it's going to end really bad. Um, so I got to wake, wake up call. And then a few months I got connected with a group of entrepreneurs um, that honestly, like changed my life looking back. Um, mm-hmm. Group of entrepreneurs through network marketing. Mm-hmm. I got into an amazing, like I started to, you know, like I said, I always had these networking skills and, com- you know, communication and connection skills. And I started to build really good relationships with those people. And they kind of dig me, dug me out of, you know, the hole that I was in. Uh, and I started to, to develop this, this sense of community. Like we talked about this before, like mm-hmm. I'm all about community and like um, wanting, you know, people like having a support system, you know? Right, right. And, um, and I built that and that got so much better. And that really gave me, a spark and a small little hope like wow I could I could be a millionaire that's when I started to think like wow no I could I could do so much more than what I'm doing right now I could be Mm -hmm. so much more Mm -hmm. I can make more money I can help more people wow and and that was like the beginning of that part of my journey (laughs) of me like realizing like wow like this this is a this is an amazing life that people need to experience and I want to help people experience it well, one overarching theme that I hear you saying, you could tell me if I'm wrong, is that you were doing this by yourself. Like you, it was just you and like, you know, you would like maybe tap into your network. Some of you have family in New York, but what was going on for your family at the time? Was your mom supportive of you? Was your family supportive of you? Did you have to, because I know sometimes with immigrant kids, you know, because I'm also an immigrant child myself, that when you're growing into the person that you want to be sometimes your parents don't understand it because they're not used to it what were some of the growing pains that you guys had to go through if any um my mom I mean yeah my mom had her her opinions on things that I was doing to Mm -hmm. better myself and um things that I would say like I would say like I'm going to be a millionaire or you know things like that like you relax not she was like no you're not stop yeah and even even today when I tell her like no I'm gonna be a millionaire it's okay like don't worry about that that takes confidence like how do you did that ever impact your drive like having your mom being like you're not gonna be a millionaire you're crazy um not really because I don't look at it like that because Mm. I understand where she comes from Mm. and in in her generation, you know, they're really tough. That that generation is on, on next level. Yeah. So, you know, and they're they weren't born here. Mm. They don't understand even being here for 40 years plus, they still don't get the American oh. system and you know, and everything that we go through as first generation, you know, kids here. Uh, so I just take it with a grain of salt and I'm like, okay, mom, you know, all right. 
you tell me to take a seat, I'm gonna take a seat too. Right. I'm gonna tell you to take a seat. (laughs) So I just I love that. I I love that that you didn't let anyone deter you. That is beautiful. That is absolutely Mm. beautiful. So you've met this entrepreneur network. You're thinking that you're gonna be a millionaire. (laughs) Now, five, six years later, you're quit your full-time job. Tell us about that because um, oh I always gosh. love when people share their I quit my job stories because I would love to have the, I don't, I just, I wish I had the confidence because there's been a lot of jobs that I stayed in because I had to pay my bills. Right. No, and girl, girl, somebody that has been doing this for four months already, stay at your job. Like this comes with, this, I'm so serious. This comes with a new set of problems. Life is life. You know, you got to right. pick your heart. And it's you can play hard no matter what. Huh? You 2020 of all years to quit your job. <laughs> like you're realist. Like you're crazy. Hey, come on I now. Love you, but I, oh you're my crazy. God, girl. Okay. So let me be worth it. Yes. Tell us what happened. So, um, you know, after, you know, I, a whole bunch of stuff happened with Otis mm-hmm. and, you know, I was, so I was like, you know what, I'm, I'm leaving. I am cutting ties and that's it. So, so I, I started to work for a construction company, which was, it's, it really based on what I dealt with, you know, in my previous company, um, it was like, um, it was very refreshing, you know, mm-hmm. it was awesome. It was, it was, it was great. It was flexible. you know the job allowed me to do my own thing um the people were great the culture was awesome and I freaking because I switched um industries and I had already had experience years of experience uh within this field uh I I made my first six figures in 2018 with this company yes Ooh, okay that was exciting that was very and it was like way over like it was like maybe 120 130 or something wow, like that. Wow, that's huge. That was exciting. That was really exciting. Um, I ended up like getting top sales club. Like I almost won a trip to go to Jamaica, mm-hmm. all this other stuff because of like those sales and, and everything that I did with mm-hmm. the company. And then, you know, um, fast forward to this year, huh, we got mad stuff going on, COVID, social inequality, pol- police brutality, like, you know, everything going on. Um, they basically like did something that affected my physical and mental health that compromised Mm -hmm. my health in general. And, um, and that was a very tough time. You know, I was so broken and so like, I'm like, you know what, like I devoted so much time, energy, um, you know, all of me to this company and this is how you guys are going to treat me. And this is what you're going to say to me. So I, so that really like struck a nerve mm-hmm. and I was like you know what like this is what happens you know we're treated as a number um and we are not we don't get paid what we're worth and um it's just never gonna be enough it's never right. gonna be enough and I realized like it was it was a it's a pattern at this point because this right. is same situation that happened with this company happened with my previous company. Wow. Like, oh, so this is something that's just on, like, it's just not for me. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm like, um, and at that time I had started, which I know we're going to talk about. I had started Cash's Queen um, a month before. Um, so I was really getting, getting the hang of, of being able to build my brand and all that stuff. Um, and that, 
that weekend, you know, I, I decided, you know what, like I have a few money. I have, you know, I have good savings. Finances are in order. Everything's in order. I'm just going to go ahead and take a leap of faith and like, and like leave. Wow. <laughs> like I don't need y'all. You know, I don't, I, I wanted to show, to show them that like, you're not going to just treat people like that, you know, mm-hmm. like, and I, I could, I could do whatever, like I could make that, that, that much money and more, um, with my brand. I'm, I'm confident enough to be able to do that. Right. So you know what, take your little stinking job back, you know, give it to somebody that really would love it. would love the opportunity. Thank you for this opportunity, but deuces, like I'm, I'm, I'm out. Right. And, um, that was a tough decision. Not going to lie. I literally le- walked away from six figures to zero in two yeah. days. You know, so wow. so I was like, okay, now this has to work. Like, I'm I'm doing a couple things, you know. Right, right. It has to work. So so you know, that, and that was something that that was spoken to me through God. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I was just gonna say you had the faith to leave. Yeah. Like, I would say, yeah, I always say when somebody shows you who you who they are, believe them the first time. And mm-hmm. I feel like that happens at jobs too. Like they will show yep. you. I always say people um when people think about quitting their job, like you will get replaced so quick. Like if oh, yeah. were, like if I oh, were gotcha. if you were to drop dead tomorrow, your job would your job posting will be up because yeah. they need to fill that position. You are a number. And you know, and and back when I was with the other company, I um it was so funny because I started getting close with this girl, this coworker of mine, mm-hmm. which we we did the same job for a different department, and she was white. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, we started talking about salary that that day um, at lunch or something like that. And we got into that conversation, which was weird because we don't corporate doesn't people in corporate don't talk about salaries. Mm. So, but we started to get friendly, like we were friends. He she came to my house and we we hung out. Uh, and she was making like maybe I think it was twelve thousand dollars more than I was. Wow. Um, for the same job, and I was like, "What the fuck is this? what?" Like, no. I was so pissed. I'm like, "No freaking way!" Like, I was livid. Mm-mm. And she was yeah. like, "Oh, I'm sorry." <laughs> like, she didn't know what to say. But I'm like, "This is this is disgusting." You know what? Like. Oh God, it was so bad. So it's like, you, you're never going to get paid what you're worth. Um, they're going to put a number on you and, um, you know, we, we get paid 54 cents to a white man's dollar. Hello. Um, so racial, ra- racial wealth that we have to close it, um, because of that, because it happens every single day. Yeah. Let's so, talk about that more because I think that that is important equity is something that is on everyone's mind um this year and i think it's i'm telling you it's going to go down in history because it's just equitable things are just not equitable um tell me about kind of what your mission of cash is queen like what do you want to do to kind of close the gap and what are the, some of the things that maybe because i know you're having conversations with clients and um conversations with people about their finances what's the overarching complaint like mm. among people like us, uh, black and brown people about their finances. Like, why don't we have our finances together? So 
when I really started to realize that uh, finances and um, sharing my story with the world was my passion um, was when I, it was probably when I became debt free, which was in 2019. What? Um, so that wasn't too long ago. Yes, that wasn't Girl, too how long did you ago. that? Because I feel like that's a whole, I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a conversation in itself. I know, I know, girl. Um, so it was, it was straight up like grit, straight up grit and, um, you know, having a a strong support system around me, um, cause you can't do it by yourself. Like, Mm -hmm. and that, that's the thing that I get a lot the complaint that you were talking about is that we, um, we don't believe in ourselves. We don't believe Mm -hmm. we can, we can get there. Like, that's why I do the polls on, on Instagram, which you, you're always participating. And I'm like, let me see what people talking about. So, yeah. So that's why I do the polls. Like I I asked people the other day, I don't know if you remember, you know, do you think a million dollars is a lot of money? And then Mm -hmm. uh, some people said, said, yes, some people said no. And then those same people said, will you be a millionaire? And those same people said no. So you don't think it's a lot of money, but you don't believe you'll you'll be a millionaire? How? You said right. it's not a lot. So what what where is the disconnect? Mm-hmm. Why why do you think that you know it's achievable for other people, but it's not achievable for you? So I think that's the biggest overarching like theme that that I'm getting is that you know people just don't believe it could happen for them because because we're so set on like, yo, I don't even know if I could get out of that. Let's start there first. And that's why, yeah. And that's why people just get stuck. And and because there's so much going on in their mind and, and there's just so, so many things that they have to take care of right now. Mm -hmm. They're not thinking about tomorrow. Like people, uh, people like us, we're not thinking about tomorrow, which collectively, right. Which is, is scary. You know, (laughs) your future, you right now is throwing up. It, she's sick to her stomach future Amaris is sick to her stomach and you know it's time for us to really like really take matters into our hands nobody's gonna do it for us like we really we really have to say okay let me break down this debt what do I have to do to get to the next step you know let's break it down in like five steps how do we get to to step number one how do we accomplish that what do I have to do what do I have to give up what do I have to sacrifice to be able to do that um, you think and- it's a mindset thing that we are so like, we are, we don't believe we're going to be millionaires because we don't see, we don't see the, the, the growth in our money. We've never been told we could be millionaires. We nope. just have never. And, and think about, think about the messages of money that black and brown people have gotten in their household. Think yep. about the fact that we have to catch up with our white brothers and sisters who have land while we were working on the land, they had land. So they yeah. have hundreds and hundreds of years of equity head start. property and a head start. We are trying to catch up, but it doesn't yeah. seem like we can catch up when there just seems to be so much temptation and greed and jealousy, like all of these things and, and, and a mindset that yeah. we just can't achieve it. Like we get, we get stuck. Yep. And then what happens is you get paralyzed and you don't do anything. Yes. And you just say, you know what? Screw it. I'm just, I'm just not even going to try anymore. Like, fuck it. Like, okay, I'm in debt. I have student loan debt. Let me buy a house. Cause whatever, I'm, I'm going to be in debt forever. And that's another thing. Like 
let's normalize getting debt free. Let's normalize debt freedom. Why are we talking about that? You know, why, why is it normal for you to be in debt? It's not normal. Like, first of all, like if you read the word, God doesn't want us to be, to, to, to um, struggle for money. No, he doesn't want us to be in debt. Like he's, it's, that's actually the worst thing you could do. Be in debt. You right. know, because what's the, what's the worst everything. debt, right? Because we have student loan debt, we have credit card debt, car debt. What would you say is like the worst debt that somebody can have? I mean, I think that's relative, right? Like it depends well, on true. on the situation, what's happening, um, interest rates. But okay. obviously, credit um historically speaking, credit card debt yeah, that's what I usually has do. the highest, you know, interest rate. Okay. So, but it's also the easiest to pay off in a way right. because it's you know what I'm saying? Like a short term, like student loan debt. People are like, oh yeah, I'm going to have this student loan, you know, student loan for another 30 years or something like that. Right. So consumer debt tends to be high interest rates, which you could really, with a plan, you could really work on it to get out of it and mm-hmm. then, you know, move forward to student loan debt and all that other stuff. I think so, that there's, just a, there's a lot of information, Urellis. I asked that to see your perspective because I hear so many different things. Um, I'm very close to paying off my credit card debt, but then I think yay. about what if I, right, yay. Um, <laughs> but then I think about, I'm seeing that my credit score is going down because I don't have as much credit card debt or whatever, the, I don't know. But to me, credit scores are so crazy. So it's yeah. like, we get so much information that like, in order to have um, a house, you have to have a credit card. You need to have right. debt. You need to have a credit card to have this. Right. You need a credit card for emergencies. So, and then it's like school is an investment. Take out right. that loan. You'll pay it off later. You're going to have forgiveness loans. <laughs> there, there's a always a loophole. Yes. It's there's so much. And that's, that's another thing too. We're, we're, we're pulled in so many different directions and we're like, yeah, you know, let me go to school because that's what my mama said. I got to go to school because she's going to disown me. And now you, obviously she's not co-signing alone because she don't, she, she can't, she can't do it. She can't physically do it. And her credit score, credit score is not up there. Um, so now you're, you have the burden of that. Um, and then, like I said, it's just, right. um, but you, you're accumulating that debt. Right, right. It's just never, so at that point, like, you're just never going to see the light. Like, you know, something's Mm got to give. No, something's got to give. And, and, and depending on who you talk to, the situation can differ, but I want to kind of talk about your, what you said before in the beginning of your journey about how, when you were 22, I think living in New York, you know, working at Otis, you know, first real big girl job and you're living paycheck to paycheck. You were depressed. Tell me a little bit about that. Were you, what, what would you say was the root of your depression at that point for you? I think it was a number of different things. You know, this was, again, my first apartment mm-hmm. as an adult. Mm-hmm. Um, I was adulting seriously. <laughs> like that's, that's on some like next level stuff. Yeah. You know, your first, first apartment, apartment is in New York, York City. Mm-hmm. Right. That's, that's no joke. Um, and, um, and I was young. I was still trying to figure myself out and mm-hmm. and um, just be the woman that God wants wanted me to be, be. But at the same time, I was so like clouded with different different people things. Um, I gave my my heart, soul, body to different men, like mm-hmm. um, and just because I just didn't love myself, 
and that well that's what it boils down to you know and and also I was in debt that's mm-hmm. another thing too so it was just the accumulation of different things that um led me to like just fall into complete depression I was anxious all the time I had panic attacks mm-hmm. um I even like started developing these like I started to get like um what's it called like not zits but like pimples in my body oh okay so you were having like ba- like acne like back acne or like chest was, acne or but it was really painful oh and so it you- was like it wasn't like a, a few it was just like maybe one or two but they were really like it's oh, weird oh yeah you know, your that's totally like reacting. inside yeah what was that? no i said your body was totally reacting to the stress yes exactly i'm, I'm sure lemon paycheck weird stuff mm-hmm. weird stuff like that you know um so I think what helped was, again, I started to, to be around good people, um, mm-hmm. people that would start to bring life into, into my life mm-hmm. um, and, and kind of like um, in a more productive way, not just like getting drunk all the time and right, coming right. home at 6 a.m. and like sleeping the day away. Literally, I would do that every, every weekend. Wow. So, so it was a combination of that and like really like started to starting to find my purpose in life and find, you know, what made me happy and just learn about myself. Uh, and it's all inner work. It and is. that could, that could be different for, for different people. You know, that could be right. simply like, simply like, I don't know, uh, reading a book, right. Or it could be as, you know, complex as like getting safe or, you know, as expensive. Right. So it, it, it's a lot of different things. And it was a part, it was a little bit of all of that, you know, a lot of book reading, a lot of learning about myself, a lot of, you know, being able to manage and, and handle my emotions mm-hmm. um, and, and handle other people's emotions because of my emotions. Um, so it was, it was all of that put together. And that's what led like, and, and, and that's the work that you have to do to be able to, what I, what I like to call it, live a personally free life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when I talk a lot about that on Instagram, mm-hmm. just being able to be personally free, um, from things, places, people, every, everything. Um, so when you get to that yeah, point, we hold on to a lot of chains all day. I think that there's a lot of chains that chains, chains that we want to shed. Um, and we just don't have the confidence to, but in your situation, I'm wondering what was it like for you when you were making those six figures because everything was fine until they did an okie doke for you. Right. Did you feel happier? And I guess this, this is a weird question, but this pops up a lot for people when they have conversations about money and mental health and spirituality is didn't make more, didn't making more money help with your mental health? Did it, did seeing more like, um, you know, money in your bank account, seeing more zeros, paying off your debt. Was that, something that you that you think helped you so that you weren't as depressed do you think that impacted you or did you feel like there were other factors that kind of helped you along your journey Mm, it definitely helps Mm -hmm. but I wouldn't I would say that it's not everything it's Mm -hmm. it's not everything you could make a million dollars and still be depressed um empty you know sad not not have good relationships I mean we've we've seen it with millionaires that take their lives because they're not happy they have millions of dollars in their account in their bank accounts and they're not happy and they commit suicide so Mm -hmm. um so I won't say it was that was a driving force yes it's important it's a piece of it 
Um, but I think I was already at a point where I was, I had grown myself and I had done a lot of inner work and maybe, maybe because I did the inner work, maybe that's what led to the six figures. You know what I'm right, saying? Like, right. Yeah. No, there, so, there's definitely a link. Yeah. Yeah. There's a correlation. So, you know, if I didn't work so hard on myself, I might've not been able to see that financial blessing. So I think it's about being able to really dig deep and, you know, and do the inner work and, and, and do the work that it takes for you to be a better person every day, even in this 1%, um, you know, be a better person than you were yesterday. And that's my goal every single day, mm-hmm. um, no matter what happens, because shit, 2020, come on now, like a lot going on, yo. So it's hard for you to be a better person than you were yesterday, because when you wake up, something new happened in the news, you know? So it's like, you you you're battling all these external things, um, but you can't let ex- the external environment affect your internal internal environment, um, and and that's that's really what it boils down to. Yorellas, we talked a lot about your story, um, which thank you so much for being transparent. I think it's really important for people to know the woman behind Cash's Queen because, you know. I hate when people like assume that because you like quit your job and you're debt free and all this other stuff that now you're stress free and now <laughs> you don't have any worries and stuff like that. Ooh, girl. Yes. <laughs> you talked about a lot that helped you like persevere kind of through this transition in your life, mentorship and faith and all that other stuff. What kind of things do you include in like your programs? and your conversations with clients that help them kind of get like unstuck from their like financial situations. Right. So if I were to pick three main overarching themes Mm -hmm. um, of my 12 week program, cash queen program, I'll say it's mindset um, and EQ um, into like learning about budgeting, you know, and, and, and getting that, that free and, picking the, the perfect strategy for you based on your situation. And then the third thing we'll say, I would say from now that you're at zero, being able to learn how to invest and grow that money and grow your net worth. So mm-hmm. those are kind of like the three main um, aspects, if you will. Uh, but that's why I start with mindset and EQ in the beginning, because what's EQ again? EQ is like, your emotion, 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 emotional quotient. Damn. Yeah. Emotional so it's basically, yeah. So yeah, it's, it's a thing. It's like, oh, your, I've your never heard of it. Yeah. Your emotional intelligence. How, how dialed are you in? How dialed you, you are in? Oh my gosh. So I'm almost sure. like your IQ, but not your IQ. Yes. Your, so yeah. How, how dialed you are in terms of like your emotions um how mm. how can you identify your why you're feeling a certain way for instance got it so you get like you get you get them talking about like the root cause of why they think they can't like pay off their debt why they're poor right that kind of stuff. right I think that's so important because if you're not mentally okay there's no way that you're gonna be financially okay mm. there's you're not even thinking about that because the first thing in your radar is being able to be okay mentally Mm-hmm. for you to to function you know so that's 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 the first thing off rip like we right. can't talk about that you know that freedom we can't talk about investing in the stock stock market if you're freaking falling apart right and you're you're depressed so it's about identifying like now i know 
I like I can identify when I'm falling into depression, which is which is great. Cause I'm like, oh, oh I gotta I gotta check myself before I wreck myself. Like, why why is this happening? You right. know, and you and you can have those conversations when before you'll be like, you just fall into depression. You you won't even know. And you you know, and things will happen and you'll fall really hard and you you mm-hmm. won't really know how to get out of that. Um, you know until there's there's something that goes on a miracle whatever right, um, right. but but now I'm like oh wait hold up why did I say this in this situation why did I feel this way in this situation so, so it's about that it's about you know emotionally being emotionally intelligent with you and other people you know the people around you as well not just your your emotions but being able to manage other people's emotions um in conjunction with yours Oh, so wow. that's, okay. yeah, yeah. It's, it's an actual, like, it's a thing. Definitely. It's a term. And it's, I've, I've heard, I've read so many things and, and, and watched so many videos and listened to a lot of pod- podcasts too, that helped me with that. So, so that's why I start there. Okay. And then, you know, and then I go into other things that I know we need, <laughs> you know, people of color um, and people that, needs to get out of that mindset of thinking that it can't happen ever um Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. yeah and then you know i go into like the actual specifics and um the technical things involving you know getting out of debt and all that stuff so that's why i created the program because i was like you know what like i was mentally tired in june i was mentally tired with everything with brianna taylor with with george floyd and everything going on Mm -hmm. and i was like there how can I like use my strengths and what I'm good at? Um, how can I use that, you know, those things and those qualities uh, with something that people need? You know, how, how can I solve those? How can I solve a problem with those strengths, basically? Right. And how can I like marry the two to be able to inspire and impact people? And that's, that's why Cassius Queen was born. Yeah. Wow. And how do you think that, what are your kind of thought for a Cassius Queen? What do you want it to like? What would you like to for it to go in the future? I really want people for the first thing that you know we've been talking about this for uh, during the whole episode is to be able to get out of that rut to think that you can't that you're not enough or you can't do it um, or you can't be a millionaire. That's the first mm-hmm. thing. The second thing is we need to bridge that freaking racial wealth gap. Like, mm-hmm. come on. And I can't do it by myself. I need people. I need an army right, of people right. to be able to help me with that. So I, I'm I'm super passionate. Like, that's one of my things that, like, I could talk about this for hours um, because I'm so passionate about it. And I'm so, I guess, so emotional about it because it's, a, it's a, like, we need to, it's our responsibility and we we really have to work on it. And, you know, obviously generational wealth too is very important. So right. that, that those are my three driving forces to be able to help our people get out of, you know, the rut that we're in. I love that because it, it, it takes a journey. It takes a community. We all have to support each other. It mm-hmm. It's it's really important. So if people want to hear more about what you're doing, your relis and your program, how can they kind of reach you? What should they do? So I'm currently working on a website. So stay tuned for that. that. Um, But right now I'm most active on Instagram. So uh, my handle is YTFOOT14. You you guys can also contact me via email at cashesqueenbrand at outlook.com. 
and through there we can communicate i can see how i can help you out you could you know reach out to me if you guys would like to learn more about the program and we can set up a discovery call from there and then be able to take it from there yeah i found your discovery call helpful and your questionnaire really helpful because i think it allowed me to like look look inward and it also made me realize that i've done a lot of good work already like i i was i wasn't as bad as i thought i was Um, right i just need to like I want to reach my goals a little bit quicker. And so I think it made me realize, oh, Manera's here, actually did, you know, you're doing a really good job, but you just need to tweak a couple of things. Mm, so, that's awesome. Yeah, that's yeah. what it's there for, you know, because like like a lot of people like, like us, we don't realize that. We're like, oh, we suck. And then you look back and you're like, well, I actually did some stuff. Like, have grace with yourself. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can't always beat yourself up. You, that's not how you're going to win. No, no, not at all. Not at all. Yeah, and that's why I use a holistic approach to to finances and budgeting. I don't just talk about money. Like we're gonna talk about everything. Right. No, absolutely. Gonna unpack everything and break it down to see how we could get out of that. Because I I love that. Um, what would you say, um, just to wrap things up, Urella, some resources that you have found helpful in your journey that other people can um listen to read what are some things that you think that we should pick up i would say um there's actually a podcast that is eq for entrepreneurs that is really awesome for for that topic for that specific topic um obviously there's different strokes for the folks so some people would need more like technical stuff but i think that's a good starting point for people that really want to grow their eq and be more mentally okay Um, You can also, like for people that are focusing on uh, developing their leadership skills, uh, the John Maxwell podcast is awesome. Okay. What is that one about? That was about basically like growing your leadership, different different ways to grow your leadership, uh, whether that's in the workplace, at home, uh, with your friends. So that one, I mean, John Maxwell is amazing. You've never read any of his books? Oh my God, girl. Never read none of his books? No. Yes. Get, get his, his, he is so awesome. And then, oh my God, books. I mean, I read a book a a month, so I could recommend like. What are you reading right now? Right now I'm reading the seven rocks of life. Oh, I saw that that on Instagram. Yes. That one is very good. So he talks about the seven rocks that help you live a balanced, fulfilling life. So the first one is spiritual, which uh, (laughs) he's speaking to me right now. So yeah, that one's I love really, that. Really That's really beautiful. Good. Um, yeah. Honestly, Urellis, I do see that you post a lot of your books on Instagram. You should do a if you have the time. You should do like a reel or like a YouTube or something of all your favorite books that have helped because mm-hmm. it is people are always looking for books to read for self improvement. We're getting right. towards the end of the year. Where yeah. people are real, a quarter four, people get anxious. They're trying to finish up projects. They're trying to wrap yeah. things up. They're trying to start things. They're trying to make plans for next year. So just remember that, that people want your content. People want to hear from you. People want to know what you're reading, what you're listening. I really appreciate what that. Helped you. I, I so appreciate that. Oh my God. No, so it's true. Like, nobody's looking at this shit. <laughs> no, no, no. Like, <laughs> one thing I've learned about like whatever you're passionate about, People can feel that through your posts. Mm-hmm. So continue to post, continue to share, 
and try all different modes. We, we want to hear from you. So I just really appreciate that I can kind of put you on my platform and we can share each other's um, passions. I love it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. This was so awesome, girl. I appreciate you. Thank you so much. No, no, girl. Thank you. Thank you. I really hope you guys enjoyed my episode with Yorellis. As you can tell, we took a deep dive into Cash's Queen, Yorellis Tifa as a person, and I'm always really grateful to all of my guests for um, diving in, sharing their story, and sharing resources. Um, I love her story because it's a perfect example of like how I started <laughs> versus how it's going. Um, if you want to follow her on Instagram, her Instagram is YTIFA, T-I-F-A, 14. She is the founder and CEO of Cash is Queen, like I said in the intro. Thank you guys so much for listening, tuning in. Um, thank you for sticking with me as I roll back into my routine of putting out episodes. I'm trying to end quarter four with a bang. I'm going to share other resources on my Instagram of of other financial literacy and financial podcast episodes I've done in the past with both Nettie's Corner and Basic Latina. So if you follow me on Instagram or if you don't follow me already, please make sure to follow me, Nettie's Corner, um, on Instagram, N-E-T-T-Y, Corner spelled regularly. And if you want to rate, review, and subscribe the podcast, we are available on all platforms. Thank you so much for listening. Stay well and take care.